And some of my clients have are so um, body aware, they can actually feel this. They can feel when these floods of hormones are going out and they can feel how they're affecting their mind, affecting their feelings, you know, whether they're perspiring, all, all the different things that can happen. Other people are less aware. So it's so individual what starts to happen and, and what people start to experience. How does the stress response affect nurses' performance? What are the health implications? And how can we mitigate the stress response in the interest of our wellness and happiness? Let's talk all about it with Elle Ingalls, performance coach and creator of the pressure-free method, right here on episode 404 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hey there, this is Nurse Keith. This podcast is always about you, your personal and professional development, your nursing career, and the healthcare system and the nursing profession writ large. And I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, nursing, entrepreneurship, medicine, and beyond. I love having you along for the ride, and I thank you from the bottom of my nurse podcaster's heart for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. And if you'd like to help other people find the show, please consider leaving a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or just share the show with anyone you think might enjoy it and get something out of it. And if you'd like to be a patron, please head over to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Nurse Keith. I really appreciate the listeners who choose to give you know, as little as two bucks a month to help me keep the show going. I really, really appreciate it so very much. And I appreciate those of you who are listening or have rated or reviewed the show or sent me messages of encouragement, concern, criticism, critiques, whatever it happens to be, get in touch. Anyway, please head over to nursekeith.com. Go to the drop-down podcast menu to find the show notes for this episode to learn more about L. Ingalls. Elle, I am so happy to have you here. And you're a performance coach and you've worked with healthcare professionals. You and I met at a nursing conference in Michigan just a couple months ago, which was really cool. And the stress response is a big piece of what you do and helping people to mitigate the stress response. What first piqued your interest in this particular part of the human experience and wanting to do something about it. Yeah, you know, there were three, first of all, thank you so much for having me here because You're I welcome. really care deeply about nursing, about nurses, and really all of those in our healthcare system from mental health to physical health. And um, I'm, I'm really grateful to be able to share this today. There were, were three little pivotal things that got me to what I'm doing today. And it, the first actually happened when I was injured in high school. I was a runner and I injured my knees and I couldn't run my senior year of track and I wanted to run in college. So I was pretty, I was very sad, to be honest, um, really devastated. And I went to the coaches and said, I don't want to leave the team. I was the distance captain and I just couldn't imagine leaving, leaving the 26 distance girls. So I said, can I apprentice coach? And they said, of course, because that meant I got to be their mule. <laughs> I got to do all the things they didn't want to do. Right. So something started to happen where both boys and girls on the teams started to come to me during their major events and ask me to calm them down. And I have been a performer on my violin since I was little. 
So I see, I know how to take the stage. I know how to perform well. And I just seem to have this way of helping them get calm before their big events. So I, I've looked back at that and said, oh my gosh, that was kind of the beginning of this thing that I do today. So then fast forward um, at the University of Michigan where I did, I did three degrees there, two music degrees and an MBA. I was in the music, I was actually the first woman in the orchestral conducting program at Michigan. So I broke a glass ceiling. And um, during that time, I was asked to uh, play on my violin for a guy's recital. I go and play and um, that, what, that night was the first time I ever experienced performance anxiety. And I had a full-blown anxiety attack, which we didn't even have those words in the 80s. We would just call it stage fright, mm -hmm. which I had never experienced. And I thought I was having a heart attack on stage. I, I thought you were going to have to take me to the hospital. It was that bad. And that night when I got home to my apartment, I said, this can never happen again. I can't stand in front of a 70-piece orchestra and have a meltdown. So I went to the medical library. And I had done some research for a psych course there before. So I went to the research librarians because there was no internet, no way to get anything. You had Remember to go to the those library. Days? Oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh. Man. You had to go to the library, right? And so I asked the research libraries for everything they could give me on mind body connection. I wanted to know what happened to me. And I built a really simple set of mental toughness tools, if you will, to help me always from that point forward perform well. Fast forward to 2010, I have three sons, and my two eldest sons asked me to coach their high school baseball team one mm. day in my mental toughness tips, which I thought was crazy. Who wants their mother anywhere near the dugout? But my eldest goes, we actually want you in the dugout. So wow. I ended up in the dugout. I actually coached those boys, and the head coach hired me on the spot to be his private coach. Then my department chair at the college where I've taught for years, she hired me to be her private coach. So suddenly, word of mouth, I'm teaching something that I sort of know <laughs> because I've used it for so long. But I dug in. I started to really research the fight or flight stress response to really understand what's happening hormonally, to, to really be the expert on fight or flight. And I created my method in 2010, a, sh a few short months after working with the baseball team. I call it the pressure-free method. And what I mean by that is whatever pressures come your way or challenges, you can refrain from triggering the stress response and releasing stress hormones and overabundance of them. And if we can do that, then the second flood of hormones doesn't go out later and we don't suffer all the health effects of chronic inflation, inflammation and chronic disease in all of the things that the stress hormones do to our body's processes, our digestion, our reproduction, even our ability to think and be cognitive. So as I started to flesh this out and work with clients, initially I thought I was just helping people perform better. And then suddenly people started having truly miracle health cures. There was a person with ulcerative colitis their entire life and um, it was completely in remission in nine months from working with me. And all we were doing was preventing the release of those hormones by calming the amygdala, allowing the whole process of the body to not overreact. Mm -hmm. So really what I do is help people understand the stress cycle, what is really going on with their bodies and their minds. And another thing that's so interesting 
is that every one of my clients feels the expression of stress differently in their bodies. Uh, a simple example, I had a 14-year-old who had had chronic constipation since he was a toddler. Then I had a, a teenager who was a very fine tennis player who had instant diarrhea. <laughs> like two very different things expressing. Mm -hmm. And both of those cleared up in a matter of weeks. So I've worked with hundreds of people now, age 10 to age 80. I love to say that an old dog and an old brain can learn new tricks mm -hmm. um, because my method isn't hard, but we are complex. So I've built many different ways to help people break that stress cycle and really get clean of an overabundance of stress hormones, which is the thing that's causing most of the chronic disease today, both mental and physical. Wow. That is a great story. <laughs> and, you know, from the baseball team to then working with people as, uh, you know, as a performance coach and working with people across the lifespan. And in the information you sent me that I read, which is really awesome, you know, vast majority of listeners are nurses. So many have a good understanding of physiology, but you, yes. and you talk about the stress response, we have the catecholamine or adrenaline stage, and then mm -hmm. we have the glucocorticoid or cortisol stage. And I don't think I've ever understood that one follows the other. I thought they just sort of yeah. all flooded at the same time. Yeah. And so and yeah, explain that's interesting. that a little bit. Yeah. So the 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 medulla inside the adrenal gland, that's where the first flood of hormones comes from right into the bloodstream and um it is a cocktail so there'll be a little there's it's not just straight adrenaline but it is a little cocktail so there's a lot going on in there which causes a lot of different effects but the most important one is the mobilization of fat and glucose mostly from the extremities to the center of the body for that energy but since we're driving our cars and maybe we trigger the stress response because someone got too close to us or we're waiting for a test. Uh, worked with a lot of nursing students, by the way, helping them get ready for all of that. Um, there's there's so much that can trigger the stress response and we're just sitting still. All that fat and glucose starts to sit on our bodies in the center and in that little fatty hump back here. Mm -hmm. So later, once the body and mind have this, have have come to grips that there's no more threat, we need to fix the brain cells and the extremities that we have damaged during that adrenaline flood. We've pulled fat and glucose from them. So glucocorticoids actually get the salt, sugar, and water content of the cells back to normal so that all of that is working again. And then you're back online, if you will. <laughs> However, both floods of hormones have a great deal of side effects. And it's the side effects that we feel, that we notice. And some of my clients have are so um, body aware, they can actually feel this. They can feel when these floods of hormones are going out and they can feel how they're affecting their mind, affecting their feelings, um, and, and you know whether they're perspiring, all, all the different things that can happen. Other people are less aware. So it's so individual what starts to happen and, and what people start to experience. And so, yeah, it's very curious how divinely we're made. I mean, to have these floods of hormones have specific purposes and 
all the different effects that happen. And I just barely scratch the surface when I I share about this because it is so complex. It is complex. And those of us who've studied physiology know that it's very complex. And so I just wanted to clarify something. Mm -hmm. So we often talk about fight, flight, and freeze. And we talk about the sympathetic nervous system, the part of the autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic comes into play, the hormones get flooded out, and then once the threat is perceived as being over, the parasympathetic comes in, and that's where things kind of get calmed down. When the glucocorticoid stage, that's not yet the parasympathetic, right? We haven't gotten to that place quite yet because cortisol is a stress hormone. Cortisol is a stress hormone. It's our wake-up drug, Mm -hmm. and it can also make you feel anxious. So it's so... In, and again, that it's very individuated. Some people don't feel that anxiety that you know comes from that. So it's so crazy to me just how different people are. <laughs> you know, I used to. Hmm. It's not a one size fits, fits all. It really isn't in what people perceive. Some people don't have sleep issues at all. Other clients of mine have tremendous sleep issues. Yeah, they have trouble getting to sleep, or they wake up at two or three a.m. And so it's almost like I'm thinking of one of my clients right now. She's gotten to the point where she she actually can can trace and see, oh yeah, I, I had this argument. And now this is I I am not getting to sleep because at this hour is when I had my argument. And she also has had complete changes in any of her PMS symptoms, or she used to be sensitive actually to when she was um ovulating. And now so much of that is smoothed out for her because she's got control over the release of her stress hormones. So how all of those hormones play into the endocrine system and all the other hormones, it's like a, it's a huge chemical soup. It is. It's fascinating to me to watch people um, play with these ideas that I have for them to see what starts to happen in their, in their various cycles, their circadian rhythms and their other cycles too. Mm-hmm. Their monthly cycles. So it's been really interesting to watch. Um, I, I use that word play very intentionally because most of my clients are high achievers, nurses are high achievers, mm-hmm. and you'll try too hard. And that will build attention in your body. And, and we just have to relax and play and see, okay, what's happening in my body, my unique body? What do I feel? For example, some people will present with a lot of head problems, migraines. Um, headaches, jaw tension, they grind their teeth all night. They've got furrows here, like this is tight. And then other clients, it's, oh no, my throat closes and my heart's pounding out of my chest and I can't breathe. It's, it's this area that's where they're feeling it. And then other clients, it's the gut. Oh, I'm nauseous. I feel so sick to my stomach or I have to pee or, you know, it's like down low. And so I play with that. I say, okay, so where do you feel it? And sometimes they say it's all of it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but but it tends to have one of those three areas, which I find fascinating too. Like, you know, you, you can read in the textbook all the things that happen, but people actually may not experience all of that or they don't perceive it. Like they don't notice that because the headache is so big so they don't even notice their stomach. So that's been fascinating to me too. Right. And if if chronic stress is affecting our cognitive performance, it's suppressing thyroid function, 
It's causing blood sugar imbalances. The immune system gets impacted. The level of abdominal fat increases, which is very interesting. I guess that's from the glucocorticoids. And we can develop adrenal issues, Cushing's disease, all of those things that can affect our cholesterol. Um, Mm -hmm. So if I'm a nurse out there, um, (laughs) what in just a few minutes before we take a break, what are the performance indicators that will tell us that chronic stress is kind of really coming home to roost? Yeah. Um, When we go into fight or flight, we can't see or hear very well. Mm -hmm. So if you're making minor mistakes, if you're making little mistakes or someone gave you an instruction and then they're like, did you hear me? Or, you know, I just told you to, and and you're like, oh, I didn't hear them. That would be a sign performance wise. I have an EMT who he actually worked with me as a high school student when he was 15. He's now an EMT and firefighter. And he looked at me the the other day. He said, I save lives that other people don't because I don't trigger fight or flight. I can hear people. I can see things and I'm so present. Hmm. So that would be another key. Like, do you feel really present or, or are there some worries going on or some is there something going on in here that isn't of the present moment? You're not focused. A lot of people will say to me, I'm lacking focus. I, I, you know, I get a little scattered. Um, so behaviors can be clues for you. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're feeling tension in your body, does your back hurt? Does, you know, are your shoulders tight? Are you holding tension in your being? So that would be another just clue to you. I kind of feel like, you know, we put on our Hardy Boy or Nancy Drew hat and, you know, Mm -hmm. what are some clues that um, the stress hormones are working on me? If your hands and feet are cold, people will say that's a thyroid issue. It's a stress hormone issue. It's, you know, first we're wicking fat and glucose from our extremities, but also we're messing with the thyroid. So, so it's, that could be a clue too. If you have to put socks on every night, <laughs> you know, little things like that. But when you're on the job, um, I would look for, you know, those clues are, am I really present or is my mind kind of elsewhere? Or I do feel a little unfocused. Um, a lot of times people will say things like a little blurry at first, like there's a uh, little moment where I'm not quite, not quite on par, not quite there. And are you tired? If you get through your shift and you're tired, then you've triggered the stress response because you really should be able to do your day and your shift and then still have more energy. And that's one of the things I hear the most from people is they gain time in their day. I have one client who's gained three hours in her day Hmm. because she's no longer caught in the stress cycle and she's no longer caught in so much negative thought, which is um, so prevalent today, I think, with everything that's happened since 2020. Yeah, there's just so much stress that's been impacting our healthcare professionals um, on every level. That's true, and I can I can just hear a listener saying, "Well, you know, I have a 45 minute commute, then I work 12 hours, and I get out probably by hour 13 because I have to finish my charting and everything, and then I have a 45 minute drive home. So, (laughs) can you know maybe?" Maybe I'm tired because it's just a long, long day. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and and that is that is, um, you know that that's another whole conundrum is mm. is what we're expecting. 
Yes, from from our workers right? and from ourselves. That's true. <laughs> That's really true. Yeah. So when we come back from the break, what I'd like to do, we've been talking about the problem and yes. we've identified, you know, stress hormones, the adrenal medulla, et cetera, and how we respond. I'd like to talk about what we can actually do about it. And that's what great. you're all about is the pressure-free yes. method. We know as nurses, I think, and as human beings, we know what triggers us. You know, we know what the triggers are, but we don't always know exactly what to do to mitigate it. So when we come back from the break, that's where we're going to focus and talk Perfect. all about the pressure-free method. So hang out with us here. We'll be right back with L. Ingalls and the pressure-free method on the second half of episode 404 of The Nurse Keith Show. Welcome back to the second half of the episode. We're here again with friend of the pod and my new friend and colleague, L. Ingalls and her pressure-free method. And L, right before the break, we were discussing fight, flight, freeze, catecholamines, glucocorticoids, all those awesome stuff. People are probably having nightmares about the um, NCLEX exam right now and physiology, wow. um, or they're just having nightmares about the stressors of work. So right before the break, I mentioned that nurses know what triggers are and what triggers yeah. them. But I know you wanted to touch base about that really briefly before we head into solutions. Yeah. Um, with triggers, I'm 12 years into using the method on myself and I'm still uncovering some. And some of them are very subtle. They could be sounds or smells. They could be the quality of a person's voice talking to you, a patient's voice or a colleague's voice that could actually be a trigger for you. So most of us know some of our bigger triggers, but I encourage you to kind of sleuth out some of your more subtle triggers because those will trigger your stress response just as much as some of the larger situations and arguments, et cetera. So I basically have you look out for these emotions. Anytime you feel angry or annoyed, a slight annoyance, that's my big A, I get annoyed at a little thing, um, afraid, or anxious, anything you're ashamed of, like if you make a mistake and you, it just keeps rolling in your head, this mistake that you made, um, any time you argue, of course, and then um, I use this word abuse. And what I mean by abuse is something coming into your environment that's shaking you up a little bit. Again, that could be the voice. It could be um, a car coming too close to you on your commute, you know, any of those little things. So you're on the lookout for anything that could tighten you physically or tighten you mentally. And that is the definition of a trigger that primes you to trigger fight or flight. So let's get right to solution okay. because um, I have so many tools, but I want to specific, I want to, I've really thought about for nursing and on the job in particular, but with the pressure-free method, you're using this method from the moment you wake up until the moment your head hits the pillow. Because in order to break the stress cycle, you've got to prevent the release of these hormones all day long, which sounds almost impossible. But I, I had a client recently do it in about four days. Hmm. Usually it's, it's usually six to eight weeks before we've patterned out enough and broken enough of, of our limiting belief to even make this work in people. 
But this fellow did it in four days. And then I had a, a young woman, 14. She was in chronic anxiety for two full years. And in two and a half weeks, she broke the stress cycle. And it was truly miraculous. And so um, there's nothing hard about this. You're identifying, identify first what you want. Like, do you just want to feel happier or have more energy? Get a target in mind. I, I have people just say to me, Elle, I feel like my brain is broken and I just need to feel happier. <laughs> it's just that simple. So have something in mind you're aiming for. Identify your triggers. And when you notice a trigger from a resting heart rate, you have about 10 seconds before the amygdala fires and the whole system does its deal and releases those stress hormones. So 10 seconds is plenty of time to create an interruption. And that's what the pressure-free method is all about. Now, the thing is, most of our habits of reaction are so ingrained that it really is going to take a little chutzpah to, to say, no, 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 I don't want to go into fight or flight right now. <laughs> you also can justify and rationalize why you feel angry or why you're afraid or why you feel anxious. Your brain will want to keep you in the pattern. So that's the deep work I do with my clients is relieve the doubt and open up and, and break some of those long-standing habits of reaction and the justifications for wanting to go into fight or flight. You'll hear people say, I have every right to be angry right now. You know, like I have every right to be angry right now. Well, that could be true, but do you want to mess up your body for hours by releasing these hormones and create a truly chronic situation? that habituates in you day after day after day. So it's like really putting a stake in the ground for you in that 10 second interval. One of my, um, one of the fastest tools, fast acting tools actually is a gross motor motion. It's one of the fastest ways an adult brain can create new neural pathways. Hmm. And so if you do something and I have people pretend there's a Ferris wheel in front of their face and push it, right? <laughs> so they get it spinning, which is a very funny thing to do. So you'll smile. And when you mm -hmm. smile, you keep dopamine flowing. Mm -hmm. Dopamine allows you to choose your response instead of overreacting because you still have cognitive function. Your cognitive function will go down once you've triggered fight or flight. So if you can interrupt with a funny motion, a big motion, that allows something to happen quite profound in the brain. Another one that's so great, and you can use it anywhere, anytime, it's so good for nursing, is to simply relax your belly muscles. We hold a lot of tension in our abdo abdominal muscles, and that's our body armor. We're protecting ourselves, particularly if you're in a difficult situation at work. Um, maybe even your safety feels a little um, threatened. Our abs protect ourselves. And I'm just going to take you deep for a moment. Like if you put your hand on your belly and relax your belly, like it looks like I'm pregnant right now. <laughs> you can mm -hmm. see it. And just take that hand and then go down where it tucks back in that mm -hmm. spot. Your belly's going to tuck back in. So right there, now relax that spot. I call that your safety spot. One of the deepest reasons we trigger fight or flight so often is because we do not feel safe. And that's particularly... This, the, the, you know, you think about a hospital setting or a medical setting, there's so much that can be unsettling. So when you can go to that safety spot there and truly relax it, you instantly tell your brain, it's a neuroscience trick, your brain says, oh, I must be fine. 
because if I'm going to go into fight or flight, I'm going to tighten my abs to protect myself. I don't have ribs down there. By the way, when you tighten, your abs are tight, your entire front of your body is tight, including your throat. So when you talk, if you feel like you're ineffective, a lot of times my clients say to me, I don't feel seen, I don't feel heard, and I feel mm -hmm. underappreciated. <laughs> and, and I hear that from all kinds of people. <laughs> but nurses, yes, like so many of them tell me, I feel so underappreciated. And when we're tight in the front of our bodies, our voice quality is tight. And most people shut off, they shut off listening to that. So when you relax your abs, the entire front of your body opens up, including your heart. And when your heart space is open, your patients, your colleagues will feel so much more connection to you. So relaxing your abs is profound on so many levels. It can instantly prevent fight or flight from, those, from the stress hormones releasing, but it also can really change how you are perceived in the workplace and how you make connections. And I'm gonna just take it a step further. When you've opened up your own body to another human, you're actually healing them. Your energy is so strong and so beautiful. You came into nursing for a reason because you wanna help people. And when the front of your body is soft and you are connecting to another human, you're providing help. You are providing a place where health can really happen. And I've watched it myself. Like I've been on, on Zoom with clients. And if I took a before and after picture of a session, you might not even recognize a person. Hmm. I have a client right now and he says, people from his past don't even know who he is. They don't recognize him. His face is different. His body is open. He is connecting in a way he never has in his whole life. And so we have had to protect ourselves. Pretty much every one of us has some sort of childhood trauma, some sort of trauma that has happened in our, our past that has tightened us up. Hmm. So we're always primed for fight or flight because of that. So when you can start to open, and, and it could feel, you know, a lot of my clients will say, I feel vulnerable. Oh, I feel scared to do it because I feel like I might let somebody in, right? Okay. <laughs> and that can be a little scary. And so that's why i use that word play again like play with this idea with someone that you're safe with like a colleague that you really trust and just relax your body see what starts to happen it's that that childlike play that starts to open people up and it also starts to give you a little traction that oh my gosh i can do this oh my goodness i can't i can stop overreacting to the dirty socks or the, or the car cutting me off or you know it's dirty socks for me in my house mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever well, it is you for have you boys, don't you <laughs> yeah there you go. Funny, Say no more. but as they as they each went off to college there were still some dirty socks and actually now imagine socks are my own <laughs> oh don't worry no one's listening they won't they didn't hear that so, so dirty socks you know or whatever the trigger is we have we have the affect which is a which is i feel so i feel angry i feel ashamed i feel afraid and then we have f which you call reflex which is what do we do fight flight freeze you know whatever a couple f's too we'll fib we'll make fib. up little lies we will <laughs> And then you say we also fawn. What do you mean by yeah. that? So um, I learned this from a child trauma specialist that we will overflatter. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I see it like a group of little girls and kind of jumping up down. Oh, I love your sweater so much because we want to belong to the mm -hmm. tribe. 
We mm-hmm. need to belong to the tribe. And so we'll overflatter. I'm like, oh, I love your hairdo. Or, oh, what a cool mm-hmm. sweater. You know, we're just trying to get in there to be, you see it at conferences. If you ever go to conferences, you'll see, like we were at a conference together mm-hmm. and you'll see like a group of people and another person wants to kind of fit in and be like, oh, I'm, you know, they'll overdo the little interaction yeah. because they have social anxiety and they're just trying to belong. Interesting. So that's that over that fawning. You know? That's interesting. And then it is. B is behavior. What, what happens, right? We, yeah. we get bossy, we get blaming all those different things, right? Broken, burnt out. You know, mm-hmm. burnout is is so prevalent, and it's you know you just keep releasing those hormones, and you create a storm in your mm-hmm. body and your mind. And I had a client; she's an HR director, and she she had a huge panic attack, went to the hospital. But it was before then. She goes, "I I was having a breakdown, and I I didn't want to believe it because I thought I was a consummate professional. Like I can deal with my stress. I can deal with this." And um, we got together, started working, and she just couldn't believe how quickly it was happening for her to make the switch. Hmm. And she said, she had four children, she has four children. She goes, this is going to change my whole family. Like, this is going to change everything. Because her behavior, her behavior was changing. That was certainly a case for me, too, in our home. My behavior changed so radically when I created this in 2010. And I, I look at my sons and went, they do now because they all use the method. My youngest was 10 when I created it. He just graduated in psychology from Columbia as salutatorian. He was on two huge and major research projects and interesting mostly about stress hormones. <laughs> and he um, also ran five marathons in seven months during his senior year. So he was gone quite a bit too. But it was it was all possible for him because he has such a regulation of his stress hormone. He just wow. doesn't do it. Those boys are um, going to make good husbands. They are. Yeah. They're very patient and beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then if they know how to iron and sew and clean, <laughs> there you go. I'm not sure if I did that very well. <laughs> That's what <laughs> so my funny mom bring up me. the ironing. <laughs> That's what my mom taught me. Ironing, sewing, cleaning, laundry, cleaning, cooking. Cleaning, yes. Yes, I do being, teach them to clean being chivalrous but anyway oh, um, that's beautiful so the pressure-free method looking at it we have the a's then the f's the reflexes the b's or the behaviors and then c is conduct which is yeah. what you want to be yes. right yeah and, and actually i surveyed my clients on that i said mm-hmm. what do you feel now these were about this was back in like 2013 2012 mm-hmm. 2013 tell me what you feel they go oh my gosh i'm so much more calm I'm more confident. One woman said, I am so courageous now. Like, I'm not afraid to speak up because I don't have the pinched voice anymore. Mm -hmm. So when I speak up, people listen to me. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, people turned off to her when she would speak up. Committed is another one. You're committed to your work, to your family, to your life, to yourself. And then another word I use is congruent, like the inside and outside is matching. You're not trying to fake it to make it. You don't get so exhausted because you're so, you've got imposter syndrome and you're so afraid mm. people are going to find out how you really are. Yeah. You actually feel you. And and that, and people will say, I found the real me. Thank you so much. I don't have to fake it anymore. And that's such a blessing for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are the C's. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next step in the method is D, declaration. What does that mean? Yeah. So, Anyone who's on this podcast right now actually decided 
They decided, they made a declaration to come and listen. So you did something. Action can cure anxiety when you take that first little step. Hmm. So people who are listening to this, they, they took action. And then it takes a little determination to use this method. It then becomes a daily discipline. It's like what you do all day. It's how you live. One of my clients is a futurist and she goes, this is my lifestyle now. Hmm. Like, this is how I live. And it's profound. The big D for me, though, is deserving. To declare deep in your heart that you deserve. Makes me almost cry. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. That you deserve to have a beautiful life. Mm-hmm. Especially think about nurses. You've come into this profession to heal, to help, because that is your heart. And I truly believe that you deserve to have a beautiful life. I used to help out a nurse who, who's because of those shifts, I picked up her son from school every day that she wasn't working. So I got to years ago, but I got to learn, you know, about that whole pattern and how stressed her life was. And it was like, I wish I could go back in time and help her. Now. Mm-hmm. But that deserving, I call it the deserving key that you, you lodge deep in your heart and you just start to turn it and say, yes, I do deserve a beautiful life. No matter mm-hmm. what the challenge is, I deserve to have a fulfilling life. Yeah, those are the Ds. I like that. And then finally, E is experience. And that's when mm-hmm. we can say, I feel where we started with A, which is I feel annoyed. I feel angry, afraid, anxious. So we go through this process behavior, reflex behavior, conduct declaration. Finally, we get to E, which is we feel empowered. We feel energized, right? We feel these positive emotions that make us feel like life is is really supporting us, I guess. Yeah. And and I had a 16-year-old hockey player, for those who are parents of boys. Mm -hmm. Um, He was having some difficulty. He was also, he was the principal's son and his hockey coach's son, okay? His dad was in two roles for him. And it was really tough time for him. The first day he went an entire day and didn't trigger the stress response. The next morning he wrote to me a huge Facebook message. And he goes, dear Mrs. Singles, this morning I woke up with the most focused energy I've ever felt. Hmm. And then it was like this whole big paragraph of thinking me because he felt like he had his life back. But that idea of energy, you wake up energized and, and, and really empowered to do your day, empowered from the inside out. You don't have to force your ideas or your thoughts on people, but it's just so empowering and people actually come to you. It's almost like you become a magnet and people come to you because they trust you now because your body isn't pushing them away. And that's for relationship too. If you're struggling in your relationships, the fight or flight stress hormones will actually cause you to push people away from you and you can't even receive love. So when you can start to make this change, people are like, oh my gosh, I'm finally receiving the love that I always wanted, or I'm making connection with people on such a deeper level now. Mm. So that empowerment comes from the inside out. And again, these were words I just asked my clients, I go, what do you feel now? And enlightened is another one. They'll say, I feel so enlightened. You taught me about my body. Nobody's ever taught me about my body like this. And now I get it. Now I understand why I had to run to the restroom for every speech or I had to, you know, like all those things. I was working with a speaker and he goes, oh, I don't have any trouble with fight or flight. I don't have any nerves. And I go, well, do you go to the bathroom right before you take the stage? And he goes, <laughs> and I go, well, how soon before? Oh, yeah. Up in his room, 
you know, it's a hotel up in his room. He'd already gone, but now he's got to go again. I go, oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's a little clue for you. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, all those little things that feel just a little out of control can be little clues for you. Mm. Yeah, these those are, are the E's. Yeah, these are great. These are super, super helpful. And people work with you um, one-on-one, I take it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do, am. I'll go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, the fast track is when we work one-on-one because I get to listen to you. I get to really take you in. I get to really listen to you and help you figure out what, what sometimes the triggers are, are kind of hidden and deep in there. We got to get in there. It's like a wad of gum in your hair. We got to untangle mm-hmm. that. You know? Yeah. Especially if you have a chronic disease, either mental or physical, like you have GAT or PTSD or ADD or any of that, mm-hmm. um, or anything physical chronic. You know, we got to get in there a little bit. Um, and so that's the fast track. I also have a membership site, which is very inexpensive, and you can come in and learn on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a certification program where I'm certifying people in my method now. So that you learn the method, master it, and you can coach it to others as well. And um, I just graduated my first cohort of of certification clients, and mm, it's, congratulations! It was really beautiful. It's so that's, beautiful. That's lovely. Wow. And yeah. um, where do people find you? My website. You can go to pressure-free.com or lingles.com. My name is a little complicated. Right. So it's pressure-free. Dot com. Dot com. That's, That's an easy one. way to remember it. Yeah. yeah. And it goes to lingles.com. You'll see that little switch up. Yeah. And um, yeah. And for anyone that's like, oh, I just really want to talk to Al, then speak with l.com is my calendar. And I'm always happy to give a free session to, to really listen to you, to find out what's going on with you. Um, that's really how I do my work is I mm. deeply listen. And, you know, if you met me before, before 2010, you wouldn't think that I didn't. I didn't listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it's like gosh. my ability to hear and to to listen and to be patient. I love to tell my clients, you know, I am an incredibly patient coach. This is process. Mm-hmm. You have generations of habits of reactions in you, so we can't be in a hurry. We can't be in a rush. We're going to have fun, and I think that is something that makes my coaching a little bit unique too. And you never have homework, and you never are berated for not getting anything done. That's not how we work here at Pressure Free. Awesome. It's a, a really beautiful, different kind of experience. That's great. That's really wonderful. So tell us the link again, if someone wants to just schedule with you. Sure. It's speak with L and that's E-L-L-E.com. That's great. And I'd love to talk a lot, lot, lot more, but we're, we're going to have to go. But before we go, I have four quick questions I asked all my guests. So are you game for a little lightning round? Okay. <laughs> okay. So the first question is, how do you define success personally and or professionally? Love. Hmm. Just one word. Yeah. When I feel, when I am loving and I feel loved, hmm. that's when I know I'm doing my best work. It's just, love that's wonderful okay Mm -hmm. number two could you name or maybe just describe a person who's inspired you in the course of your life they can be living or dead famous or not famous at all Mm -hmm. um mary baker edding i grew up in her hometown used to slide on on her property when i was a little girl Hmm. but she founded christian science and for a woman in the 1800s to found a paper 
to write, to publish, to be in countries all around the world in the 18, late 1800s. That's pretty amazing. Hmm. So she's always been a heroine to me and, um, and someone I've always looked up to. Mary Baker Eddy. Mary hmm. Baker Eddy. I'll yeah. have to look, look her up. I've heard the name yeah. before. So Yeah, yeah she's the founder of Christian Science. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Now the third question, the penultimate question, is there a book or a movie, not necessarily your absolute favorite, but one that comes to mind that's had an impact on how you think or how you live your life? Um, when I st- wanted to start a business, I came across the book Cash in a Flash by Mark Victor Hansen and Robert Allen. I needed money to send my children to college. My husband and I always ran nonprofits, symphonies, and so we didn't make a lot of money. <laughs> so mm. um, that book was on the sh- uh, shelf, you know, show- showed out to me by a librarian. It just was sitting on the shelf and I picked it up. And Robert Allen actually became my live mentor. I worked a year with him out in California. And I, pressure-free living would not be what it is today had I not just that book not crossed my path and me not start to do what was in the book and its precursor, which is called One Minute Millionaire. Um, and I love Robert Allen because he is, first of all, open to all spiritualities. And he's also very connected to um, what he calls enlightened wealth and, and being in the world in a beautiful way. And that really struck me. So, um, yeah, that cha- that book changed my life. Hmm. Oh, great. That's, that's a new one to me. I'll have to put that on my list too. Mm-hmm. Now, the last question, and you have, you have teenagers, you have sons, right? So they're grown now. Yes. Oh, they're grown, but this will they're... bring back memories possibly. Okay. What's a piece of advice you would give 18-year-old L right now, whether you think she would listen or not? And this might be the same advice you gave your sons. Wow. Um, uh, we have a motto in the Ingalls family that I wish I had when I was 18. I had it a little bit, but not to the extent that I've given it to my own sons. Hmm. Do the one more thing. And what that means is when we go anywhere, for example, my youngest asked me to come with him out east. We stopped at Niagara Falls. At first, we were just going to drive by. Then we, we stopped on the Canadian side, stopped again on the other side. Then we, we walked, and then we took it the next level, and we actually paid to get up on the parapet. Like, we didn't have to do any of that. We could have just driven the bridge and kept going. Mm-hmm. But he looked at me, and he goes, you taught me to do the one more thing. Mm-hmm. Like. And so every vacation, we would get to the end of the day, everybody else is done, like other families. And we're like, no, 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 we're going to go do this. <laughs> we're going to go night swimming. Mm-hmm. We gonna, like we would do the one more thing. And that has been a motto in our, in our, my current family. And I wish I had done it more when I was, I wish I had that motto drilled stronger in me when I was younger. I would have done even more. I like I've had a great that. life, but I would have done even more. Wow. Your boys are lucky indeed. Gotta say, they that's know, really and they're lovely. very loving. We do great things together. I'm sure they are. Well, Elle, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. I hope some people go to speakwithelle.com and make an appointment just to have a complimentary chat with you. And I you hope they it. check out the pressure free method at pressure free.com and also, you know, check out your membership site if they'd like to do it that way through self-study. So thank you so much for gracing the airwaves. And I'm so glad we met in Michigan. It was fantastic. Thank you, Keith. 
Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this awesome episode of the Nurse Keys Show. Remember to check out L and remember to to go to speakwithl.com to schedule a session with her and let her know you heard about her on the Nurse Keith Show. If you need personalized holistic career coaching to elevate your nursing career, look no further than nursekeith.com. Mention the show and get 10% off your first coaching package. And again, if you want to go to Patreon and become a sponsor, a patron for two, five, ten dollars a month, that would be an awesome solid you could do for me if you would like to show how you value the show by giving just a little bit every month. We're a proud member of the Health Podcast Network at healthpodcastnetwork.com. We're adroitly produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting. And Mark Cappiespeason is our stalwart social media ringmaster and newsletter wrangler. Before we say goodbye, I'll leave you again with this very favorite quote of mine by the musician Robert Fripp. May my living honor my parents. May my living repay the debt of my existence. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. And L. Ingalls saying arrivederci from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Thank you, L. so much. Thanks to everyone for listening. And we will catch you on the proverbial flip side.